0: Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Randor ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy.
1: God doesn't always make sense. Old man Abram moved. He moved from his family. At the command of God by faith, Abram, not knowing where he was going, left his family who was steeped in idolatry. God wanted him to get away from that idolatrous family. Sometimes God wanna get you away from family members that's on drugs and and alcohol, and he wants to break that vicious cycle in your family, and in order to break that cycle, he has to get you out of there, and some of y'all trying your best to go back home. I don't see where Abraham went back home. Some of all y- oh, if I could just go back to Louisiana in the good old days, or oh, Mississippi, or Missouri, or wherever you're who it was, if you can just give God say, you're not going and I'm not going to let you. If you go back there, I'm going to spank you until you get back to where you're supposed to be. <laughs> when you're in victory with God, don't try to go back from where God has delivered you from. Yeah. Delivered you from. He, he, and when you go, you know, I, you know what? Thank you, Holy Ghost. When I go back and I look at those folk now, even in my high school reunion in Cashmere, those folk look so bad. Look, life, life has just beat them all up. I said, "Joe, is that you? Is that you under all of that?" You know, and some folks don't want to go to reunions because they know their lives are in a mess, and and if they go back to the reunion, people say, "Well, how you been doing? Where you work? This, that, this. all just tragedy after tragedy." So they don't even go because they don't want people asking them in a high school reunion because they don't want to confront the issue of themselves. I'm so glad. I went back, I think it was a 30th reunion at Cashmere High School. I just stepped outside, and while I was out there, just kind of getting my breath, It just kind of happens some time. And then one of my old friends came, and he said, Randy, I said, what? He said, man, I am so proud of you. I heard you were preaching now, and you got a thriving church in San Antonio the Lord has blessed you with, and we are so proud of you. But when I look at my life retrospectively, I'm just beat up. I made bad decisions. And he started talking honestly. Tears was running down. He said, but I am so proud of you. God wants to move you. Sometimes it's not out of town. Sometimes it's just cross town. When God says go, you go. Huh? You go, go. About Abram. Old man Abram. 75 years old, had no GPS, no MapQuest. He simply walked with God by faith and wavered not at the promises of God. Observe, because of Abram's obedience, observe the covenant blessings of Abraham. In Genesis twelve two through 3, it says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. See, when you obey God, there are blessings. I will bless you. And make your name great. Now some of you trying to make a name for yourself. Stop trying to make a name for yourself. Only God can lift you up in due season. Y'all need to underline that. God says I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abraham's father. Faith in God, Abram's walk with God, and Abram's obedience to God's word brought future blessings to Abraham as well as his posterity. Thirdly, I'd like to say the decisions not only affect your life. The decisions you make are so critical. The decisions I make are so critical not only affect your life but the lives of your family and children as well. Your decision don't just affect you, it affect those around you. In Second Samuel chapter 11, verses two through five, it says, it, it happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof. There's nothing wrong with rising off the couch to walk on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof, a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful. She was a wonderful specimen. Let me tell you something. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18a says, flee sexual immorality. You cannot always control what comes before your eyes. Now, if he got on that roof, started walking around, And then he saw. And after he saw, you know what he should have done? He should have uh, respected her privacy and went back in that palace. You know, you get back in that palace. But you know what he does like some of you do with the cable. You, you, You flip channels and often you stop. And you know you ought to be moving on. And that's what's wrong. You got too many channels. Too many channels get you in trouble. You're paying for all those channels and can't even tithe. You cannot always control what comes before your eyes. However, when you continue to look, he saw, but he kept on seeing. And when he kept on seeing, it led to lust. Therefore, one way to abstain from sinning, if something comes before your eyes and you saw it, but keep going. Don't look back, don't glance back. As a matter of fact, Lot's wife looked back. And she was turned into what? A pillar of salt. You cannot always control what comes before your eyes. However, when you continue to look, it will lead to lust. Therefore, one way to abstain from yielding to temptation is to flee from it. When he saw that woman bathe, that pretty woman bathing, he should have, oh man, this is too much. I'm going back in here because I can't take that. I can't take that. Those second looks and those staring and seeing and, and and gazing at things that can get us in trouble, will get us in trouble. Verse 3, and David said and inquired about the woman, and one said, is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Look at it, now underline that, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. In other words, Someone said, isn't she another man's wife? So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. I mean, he had sex with her. Now she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house, and the woman conceived. Uh-oh, here come the drummer. And she sent and told David, I am pregnant. How many men hearing the words, I am pregnant, their hearts melt and mouths drop as if they didn't do anything their stress level leaps off the chart. They get angry at the woman for not protecting herself, and they blame anybody but themselves. Bathsheba said, King
0: David, I'm pregnant.
1: Yeah, she was in trouble too because she had a husband. Let me tell you something. Absolutely no one is above the law of God, not even King David. Nobody gets a pass in God's economy. That's right. Pastors aren't exempt. You're not exempt. All of us are commanded to obey God and walk holy before him. Second Samuel 12, 7 through 9. We'll see how King David didn't get a pass. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Now, you know, he's talking to a king. And do you know kings can can cut your head off or have you killed. But the prophet Nathan was willing to put himself at risk obeying God. Let me tell you something. Obeying God can oftentimes get you into a lot of trouble. I can preach myself into trouble. There are people who got mad, get mad at me all the way up to today simply because I told them the truth. And you know why they get mad? Because they don't want to change. They don't want to change. So instead of changing they get mad at the preacher. And I'm just don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger. Call up my daddy who gave me the message. You don't slap the mailman because you got a high electric bill. That's right. You go to the source. Why don't y'all say amen? Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping, David. And David, I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. David, and if that had been too little for you, I also would have given you much more. Look at God getting on him. I'd have given you much more. All you had to do was ask. Why have you despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Numbers 32, 23 B says, but if you do not do so, then take note, you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. You may get by, but you won't get away. Once you choose to sin, you have to live with the consequences of the decisions you make in life. You may choose to sin, but you don't get to choose the consequences. God just gave me that. I didn't, that's not even on the paper. You, you can choose any sin you want. You can pick, pick, pick your sin. I hope you don't do it. But if you do, I tell you what you can't choose. You cannot choose your consequences. You don't choose what whooping you're gonna get, how hard that whooping you're go, gonna be, and when you're gonna get that whooping. God chastens those whom he loves. Once you choose to sin, you have to live with the consequences of your decisions in life. Confessing your sins does not remove the consequences. You say, how can you say that? Well, because of 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 10 through 12. Look what it says. Now, therefore, the sword shall never, man, that's tough. Shall never depart from your house. It's going to be trouble all the days of your life from your family. Because you have despised me, David, and have taken the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, to be your wife. My friend, let me stop there. God does not play with adultery. That's right. You fooling around, hanky panky around, flirting around, messing around with somebody. That that belongs to another man, another woman. You're going to get yourself in a whole lot of trouble. If David didn't get a pass, what make you think you're going to get by? Why don't y'all say amen? Amen. And have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. Thus said the Lord. And that goes for you who commit premarital sex and you're not married. You're going around here messing around, fooling around. And God is saying, I'm going to get you. And he's using this black, bald-headed preacher to tell you, God's going to get you. I don't see you. Your mama might be gone to be with the Lord. Your daddy gone. You may be off in the military, off in college, or on some work assignment in another state. But God sees you. He sees that pornography. He sees that unholy mess. And he's going to get you if you don't repent and turn around. Verse 11, thus Said the Lord, behold, I will raise up adversity against you from your own house. And I will take your wives before your own eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. For you did it secretly. But I will do this thing before all Israel before the sun. What's done in secret will be shouted from the roof. You will make the right decision and live the victorious Christian life as you consistently put the voice of God over the competing voices of this world system. Acts 5.29 says, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And let me tell you something. The words of God in this culture does not make sense. That's right. You say, whats what... Why are you doing what you're doing? The Lord told me to do it. What? And the Lord is not politically correct. That's right. The Lord is not secular. He's holy. And you can't get, you can't live the holy life listening to talk shows and and foolishness and politicians who oftentimes lie through their teeth to get there. Well, they tell you up front otherwise, but you find out later on they're lying through their teeth. Politicians will let you down. But I know a God whose word will stand. Heaven Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall stand. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Number five, the decisions you make will either bring success or failure. Listen, the decisions that you make will either bring what? Success or failure. Some of you are failing because of bad decisions. Some of you are still in recovery to this day because of decisions you made 20 or 30 years ago. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 23 through 27. This is a powerful, fa- powerful passage. You got to look at it. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 23 through 27. The decisions you make will either bring success or Or failure. The passage says, Then I pleaded with the Lord at that time, saying, This is Moses speaking now, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there even in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds? I pray, let me cross, underline this, let me cross over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, those pleasant mountains of Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me on your account and would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, enough of that. Speak no more, Moses, to me of this matter. Go up to the top of Pisgah. My wife and I have been up there and lift up your eyes toward the west, the north, the south, and the east. Behold it with your eyes, underline this, for you shall not cross over this Jordan. Underline that. For you shall not cross over this Jordan. Got some powerful things I want to say. Moses was called and commissioned by God at the burning bush when he was 80 years old. Can you imagine get a call at 80, some folk, wanna, they want to go back and just kind of coast. But, but God calls him at 80 at a burning bush that wouldn't burn up. Moses led the children of Israel by miracles, signs, and wonders. Moses received the Ten Commandments from God. Moses was a very humble man. The scripture says in Numbers 12, 3, Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Moses, Moses, he was a friend of God and he spoke to God face to face. What an awesome privilege speaking to God face to face. The scripture also says in Exodus 33, a So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. They had a great relationship. He spoke to Moses as a man speaks to his friend. What a relationship. And yet God refused to allow him to enter the promised land because he rebelled against God and struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock to produce water as commanded by God. Because Moses failed to glorify God by taking him at his word in obedience before the people, he was forbidden by God to take Israel into the land of Canaan. He says, go look, Moses, but you're not crossing over. Wow. All of these experiences with God. He says, go look, but you're not crossing over. I got something I want to say to you. Refuse to allow people to cause you to become so angry that you rebel against God and misrepresent him out of your own frustration to your own detriment. You know, you can get so frustrated with people that you're leading people or your children or your family or in the workplace as a boss, a supervisor or in the military. You got rank over people and they can get so frustrating that you can fool around and frustrate yourself to your own demise and to your own detriment. Look at Deuteronomy chapter three, verse 26. A says, but the Lord was angry with me on your account and wouldn't listen to me. In other words, because of your rebellion, I got frustrated, and I took matters into my own end. Instead of speaking to the rock, I I struck the rock, and I stole God's glory. And I I missed the promised land on your account. Listen, I'm not gonna let you cause me to miss my blessing. I'm gonna do what God says do, and I'm not gonna miss God's best for me on your account. Amen. Won't y'all say amen? amen. The people will mess you up. Secondly, when you are doing what God has instructed you to do. As you give spiritual leadership at any level. Daddies, you're a priest of your home. Mamas, you're a influencer of your children. You're leaders on your job, many of you. You're leaders of Sunday school classes. Leaders of ministries. It's not just about me you got to realize people that you are in charge of, they're going to play games. Even you teachers, you've seen your students play games. They're going to play games. The people under you will have agendas. They will gossip. They will lie. They will foster discontent. They will outright rebel against authority. Maintain your spiritual composure and don't take their offense personally Because ultimately, they are not rejecting you. They are rejecting the God you represent. That's powerful, y'all. 1 Samuel 8, 7 says, And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. In other words, God was telling Samuel, Stop whining. Give the people what they asked for. And they're going to see down the road that what they asked for was foolish. They didn't reject you, Samuel. They rejected me. You just did what I told you to do, and they refused it, so they rejected me, God Jehovah. I got to say this, my friends. Thirdly, under this, don't allow the behavior of people to cause you to miss God's blessings. Don't allow the behavior, because people can act bad. People can go crazy on you. People can stink up the place. People can get beside themselves. People can smell themselves. Don't allow the behavior of people to cause you to miss God's blessings. It is possible to have a great career. It is possible to have a great ministry and not finish well. Let this be a lesson to us today. The scripture says in Deuteronomy 3, 27, go up to the top of Pisgah and lift your eyes, Moses, toward the west, the north, the south, the east. Behold with your eyes, Moses, for you shall not cross over this Jordan. Though other people can misbehave and act rebellious and act a fool, Those in leadership cannot. God holds those in leadership more accountable and to a much higher standard. What a sobering passage. The Ten Commandments from God. Walk with God. Friend of God. Communion face to face with God. The splitting of the Red Sea and walking across on dry land. And yet... It was Joshua who led the people 20 years and under into the promised land. As a matter of fact, the scripture also says, I'm just adding this in for, as a footnote. You know, the people didn't bury Moses. God buried Moses. You say, why did God bury Moses? Because, because he, didn't want, he didn't want the people to know where he, his body was. Why? Because they would have dug it up and made a shrine out of him. Or they wouldn't have buried him. They would have just fixed his body up and worshiped him. And so uh, God buried Moses, his servant. And let me tell you something. But the scripture also says, even though he did not make the physical promised land, (laughs) he made the heavenly promised land. Huh? Because on the Mount of Transfiguration, there he was. (laughs) With the three. It was God and and Moses and uh, I believe Elijah and they were up there and they were communing. So even though he missed the physical promised land, he made the heavenly promised land. And let me tell you something. You act up. You get beside yourself. You don't want to follow God's word. You want to have it your way. You wreaking havoc in the church. God knows how to dismiss you from this life and take you home to heaven prematurely because you're in Christ. And and he can take you home prematurely so that the church can move on and be the church because you're getting in God's way and the way of the saints. And all God's children said, amen.
0: We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things He says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to Him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander. Please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.